Yo, <laughs> what is up, chumps? <laughs> Nate, I'm going to pass it to you because you have a question for the people. <laughs> Layton, that is not what we discussed. Layton didn't start the episode like I had requested. I got cold. We feet. wanted to. Yeah, you got a little nervous. Please, I understand. Please let the record show that Layton is deviating from the plan. <laughs> I'm okay. We're already off script, but I wanted to open this episode up with a question for everybody. Um, chime in if you can relate. Is it better to lose and put up very few points, or is it better to lose and put up a lot of points in fantasy football? John, I pass this over to you. What do you I, think? I would just like to say that I would rather have the worst team in the league and not win a single game all year than have like the second or third most points scored and be like a two or three win team. Because I feel like there's always that one team who has a ton of points scored against them and scores a ton of points, but then they just keep losing because they lose by five or six points, even though they're putting up 140. So I just realized that I have scored the least amount of points in our league of record. And I can honestly say I'm fine with it. (laughs) My team just sucks. (laughs) And I would rather be in that position with – I don't even know how many wins I have. Two or three? Three wins. Three wins. Uh, yeah, I would much rather score the least amount of points and just be bad. Well, I'm right there with you, John. <laughs> I am literally I'm, like 13 points away. Yeah. So uh, I would have to agree, though. I think I would much rather just have a garbage team and not put up points and lose. Obviously, you don't want to get last. Like, it would be worse, I think, to lose every game and just put up no points. Like, I don't think I'd ever play fantasy football again. But if I'm putting up – yeah, if I'm in, like, the top four of the league for points four, but I'm, like, outside of the top six, that hurts a lot. Because that means you're probably getting the most points put up against you. So you're kind of getting a little unlucky every week. Um but, John, it's nice to know I'm not alone. Um, Layden, how's it feel being alone? A little loner over there? Yeah, but, but you cry yourself to sleep at night. Yeah. What do points What do points feel like? Yeah. You know, I go to sleep with a smile on my face every day, so. I wonder why. It's just been a little bit bigger this year compared to previous years. But uh, it's been good. What's bigger? I'm okay being uh, my, my smile. Um. Just my smile. I figured. Just because <laughs> it's been a good year in fantasy. <laughs> Even when Christian Caffrey's not 100%, still puts up 22. So, it's been good. That was that was quiet for him last week. Honestly, like, watching the game, I thought he had way more points than 22. Because he had two touchdowns, didn't he? He had the fumble, too, though. Yeah, he had a fumble. Oh, uh, that's right. He had a fumble. But he only that. had, like, 40 yards rushing. They, like, shut him down pretty well, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. I guess his... That one touchdown run or the touchdown reception he had was like gorgeous. It was a, it was like a forty-two yard touchdown reception. Fun yeah. fact: that was his longest touchdown receiving in his career. Wow, Speaking kind of shocking! Can we talk about that game for a second? Go ahead. Like, yeah. how, how do we feel about the 49ers right now? Um, they've dropped for me. <laughs> 
Yes, right but, you are. <laughs> it's also, it's, I don't think they've probably dropped as much as maybe in some people's like power ratings and stuff. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the injury to like, I mean, Devo, say what you want about Devo. Devo is like a key part of that offense. So losing Devo is a big deal. The bigger injury, I think, is Trent uh, Williams. Williams. Yeah. And do we know how long he's out for? I bet he plays this weekend. That was, a, I think, a bigger piece that people were kind of not talking about enough. But, yeah, and now you've got Brock Purdy in concussion protocol. So, like, I think if 49ers are full strength, they're right there with the Chiefs as the number one, like 1A and 1B. That defense is so good. But they kind of got exposed on uh on Monday. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um I'll also ask this question because you kind of brought it up. If let's say Purdy doesn't play this week, do the Niners have a better or worse chance of winning with Sam Darnold? The exact same. It's worse. <laughs> the, I I don't think it's like that crazy different. Because Sam Darnold at this point, he's kind of a kind of a veteran. Like I know it sounds weird, but mm-hmm. he's Got quite a bit of experience. He started in Carolina for a while. He started with the Jets for three seasons, maybe. He's played in a lot of games. My hot take is the 49ers are going to roll the Bengals this weekend. With Sam Darnold and the Brock Purdy defenders for MVP are going to be punching air all next week. I'm curious. I'm really curious to see what happens if that does take place. Because I don't feel totally dissimilar than what you just said, Leighton. Like the, I wasn't really as concerned about the Brock Purdy for MVP thing, but I do kind of wonder if the 49ers stomp the Bengals because that puts them in an interesting position too. Like, obviously the 49ers aren't going to bench Purdy, I don't think, but if Darnold plays really well, I don't know. It's an interesting topic. It yep. is very interesting. Yep. It should be fun to. Watch the highlights, too, because Nate and I will be at the Chiefs game. Let's go. Mm-hmm. John, I wish you could come. Really? Yeah. It... Hey, when they make it to the Super Bowl, I'm there. You have my word. <laughs> we are going to make that happen. It's... Nate said he Nate said he'd go, too. Did he? Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nate said he doesn't need a new car, and he's going to just buy the best Super Bowl tickets he can. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Gonna have to talk to him about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about the best Super Bowl tickets. That would. Uh, uh, no, realistically, the best Super Bowl. Tickets. Oh, okay. But anyway. yeah, so it was an interesting week for just kind of football in general. A lot of injuries. Again, um, we already talked about Debo Samuel being out. He's probably going to be out again this weekend because they have a bye the next weekend. So just give him a couple weeks rest. Brock Purdy, unlikely to play. Like we talked about, Sam Darnold will probably be in there and probably the offense will look just the same. And this one, so two more quarterback updates. Justin Fields is probably out another week, and Deshaun Watson is confirmed out. This Any uh, quick comments on either of those? <laughs> uh I thought that Badgett, the backup for Chicago, like great for him. Like D2 quarterback stepped in, just dog walked the Raiders. Uh, that he that was a beatdown. I, I thought he looked like pretty good. He didn't do anything super special, but kind of 
Got the ball where it needed to go. No turnovers. It's honestly all you can ask. Question. Did either of you guys hear how many family members he had at his game this past weekend? Yeah. It was like 40-something, wasn't it? Or 50-something? Wait, John, did you hear this? No, I haven't heard about it. He had 65 family members. Holy. In the good for him. That's, that's phenomenal. I mm-hmm. Pretty good. Like, <laughs> did you see the thing about his dad on the sideline of, like, I don't know if it was a college game or – it must have been. So, his dad is, like, a 27-time world arm wrestle champion. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's just something stupid. Like, his dad <laughs> – was like uh joe chestnut uh, well actually yeah that's actually a pretty good comp i was going more the uh what's the lions dan campbell his dad dan campbell honestly like it's just hard not to like the guy and then when they asked tyson like tyson what was your backup plan if the uh whole nfl thing didn't work out he's like honestly i was just gonna get jacked and do crossfit for my whole life As an influencer, it's like, all right, brother, let's go. Yeah, because he said he wanted to open up a gym if his NFL career didn't work out. So, oh, and he was gonna he, oh, the high school that he went to, he wanted to be like a, a gym coach too, or something like that. I think, or maybe I'm I'm mixing two stories, but somebody said that also. But hmm. yeah, it was it was pretty funny. That's fun. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, DK Metcalf was out, and John, I'm gonna pass it back to you. B. John Robinson was hurt, sick, not playing. Yeah. So uh, there, I heard there's a shortage of Tylenol in Atlanta, and uh, it's just COVID, right? I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. So, yep, Bijan couldn't couldn't get to Walmart in time for kickoff, and uh, he just he had a headache. So they were. But he played. Uh, yeah, yeah, he played. <laughs> but he, he was on the injury report, right? Oh yeah, nope, nope. That's uh, we. They don't really believe in that sort of thing in Atlanta. So you know, it's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, he he really came through for my team. He contributed, and that's all I can ask. He contributed for sure. Yep, so, he did. Uh, yeah. We'll just kind of move on. So yeah, two dolphins who will potentially not might not play this weekend. And they're kind of a big deal for fantasy. You have Tyreek Hill, hip injury, didn't practice today. We're taping this on Wednesday. And Raheem Mostert also did not practice with an ankle injury today. If you have either of these players on your fantasy team, and I'm sure we all have them on one of them, how worried are you? Nate. Uh, uh, so I actually, I don't think I have Mostert anywhere, honestly. But I do have Tyreek in a couple leagues, and I'm I'm pretty concerned about this one. I mean, I think he it was like a report after the game Sunday that he had aggravated his hip, like didn't feel good, kind of didn't think anything of it. We kind of is like fantasy owners. We thought it was just gonna be like a Monday Tuesday, like see the questionable by him, like maybe he doesn't practice. Like it's not the biggest deal really at this point in the season. You're kind of used to seeing that sometimes, but then when they interviewed Waddle today and asked him about Tyreek's injury, Waddle said that that is above my pay grade. And then they asked Tua about it. And Tua said, hopefully we get him sometime down the road. We're hoping to get him back sometime down the road, which is definitely worrisome. I mean, I think those kind of uh, 
I don't know, not just answers that are lacking specifics is definitely concerning to anybody that has Tyreek Hill. So uh, definitely not going to be there this week, I don't think. You just hope that it's not a two- to three-week thing where he's got to go to IR. So question, who's more likely than to make the trip to Germany in two weeks, Tyreek Hill or Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, probably. The, the odds on favorite. Yeah. She's we actually going to be there, by the way. But Yeah, we get a line on that. What are the <laughs> odds that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift break up between now and then? Ooh. Zero. Plus 8,000. <laughs> also, okay, this is a little off topic. Jalen Waddle's salary is $6.7 million a season on average. I want to know who the heck is making the call on that. I want his job for Tyreek Hill. <laughs> So, getting back to the point, yeah, don't anticipate him on playing. A hip injury, I feel like, is one of those. I don't feel like you ever hear like, "Oh, you know, I tweaked my hip." I don't think you it's know. a, I don't think it's a tweakable component of your body. Like that's also it, probably true. If if you hear like head injury, collarbone, hip, ACL, just assume that it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah. And then are you still as worried, John, about Raheem Mostert? Or is this more of like a, he might miss this week, but he should be fine rest of the season? Uh, you don't – I don't know. I don't think it's time to sound the alarm or, like, consider trading him away. Like Tyreek, I would consider trading away potentially. Um, you might – like, before it becomes a big headline, because I don't think it – so I was looking at trading for Tyreek today. And I didn't realize that this was this serious of an injury. And maybe shame on me for not looking into it. But No, it's okay. Everybody uh, misses an injury every now and then. Yeah. So um, I'm not as worried about Mostert. I actually don't have either of these guys in any of my league. So I do have Jalen Waddle, though, which I am very excited for. But yes. no, I'm not concerned about Mostert. Okay. As a David H. Hain fantasy owner i'm pretty excited so uh now we're going to kind of transition and talk about trade for and trade away candidates let's start because this is kind of a halfway point right seven weeks into the season most people's trade deadlines are either this next week or the week after so i thought it would be a good time to move on and kind of talk about this so John, do you want to pick out one of these guys to start? Yeah, I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley because I'm kind of a hater of Calvin. I've less of a hater for Calvin, more of a supporter for uh, Kirk. And I think Calvin Ridley has bottomed out. I don't really think his value is going to get any less unless he's just in a bust for the rest of the season, which I don't think he will be. So... Evan Ingram has sustained his volume in the offense and Christian Kirk has had some good games. I think the Jags are only going to continue to get better. And I feel like I trust their passing offense more than I would trust some guys that potentially you could trade for him. Like we talked about like a Terry McLaurin or a Marquise Brown. Um, even Zay Flowers was brought up. I'm not saying I would trade all of those guys for Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown, I definitely would. McLaurin, you can make the argument. 
Zay Flowers, I feel like, is too secure. I don't know. You guys can chime in on that one, too. Um, but I think, Calvin, like I said, I think Calvin Ridley is kind of bottomed out. Like, I don't think you're going to get much better of a value on trading for him, especially maybe if you can swap, like, a running back who's filling in, like, a – I don't know. Deonta Foreman is hot right now. He just had a big game. Um yeah. Daryl Henderson is hot right now. He could fill in for Kyron for a while. So I feel like those are guys that you could have the opportunity of swapping somebody like that for Calvin Ridley, and I definitely would. But Yeah. I feel like a lot of people drafted him really high, too. We were talking about that before the show. Yep. But exactly. They a lot of hype around him going into drafts. And I was looking at their schedule. It seems a lot softer the second half of the season for the Jaguars. So maybe it's a chance for Calvin Ridley to blow up. Who knows? But Nate, why don't you pick one of these? Uh, I was going to focus on Alexander Madison. Um, I think he's one of my trade for candidates right now. Um, Madison has had kind of a consistent yet quiet start to the season. Um, He's probably averaging like 12 fantasy points per game, which isn't really bad in the year where like, I feel like the middle of like the mid tier running backs are just kind of down across the board. Anything outside of like the top 10 are probably only averaging, you know, 13 or 14, probably 13 points. I mean, I think I just looked in Bajan has like 14 points. So, and he's at RB 10 right now. So I think Madison has done okay. He has no rushing touchdowns on the season, two receiving touchdowns. Um, he does get a lot of work in the passing game, um, gets consistently quite a few targets every game. Um, he's just not the most efficient back, but I think he's somebody I see potentially taking a step forward as the season goes on. Um, it's kind of a bummer for him, though, that he's got to go up against three pretty tough defenses over the next couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Green Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans, all probably top 12 defenses in the league. Um, but then after that, he's got Denver and Chicago and Vegas. So he's got some potential there. But I like Madison uh, just for the low touchdown production that he's had so far for the, I think, consistent volume that he gets. I would say the only thing I'm a little worried about for Madison right now is Cam Akers. I was just and about to ask about him. I think, so Cam Akers got brought in, what, three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Um, has been really kind of slow to come on. Hasn't seen the field that much. Uh, but I took notice to him in the San Francisco game on Monday. Uh, he wasn't super efficient. He had eight fantasy points. Um, he was on the field for 39% of the snaps. But he had more rushing attempts than Madison. So... Um, and he had the same amount of targets. So I am worried that I could see that backfield turning into mm -hmm. an even split between those guys, and which worries me because I think you just get Madison for the amount of opportunities he's mm -hmm. going to get. I don't think he's a super, super explosive player. I think he's just – you like the volume with him, and hopefully he can sneak in a few touchdowns throughout the rest of the year. But that's kind of my guy. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I'll just kind of highlight a couple others we mentioned. Cooper Cup had kind of a down week, only about four to five fantasy points. Austin Eckler also got re-injured, so I don't know if I personally trade for him, but 
you could if you want to take the shot on it. Then the other the other one we had was Bijan Robinson just because of this past week he had. Uh, not great, but he's probably going to be better than that in most years. So, John, who's one of your trade-away candidates? My most surprising trade-away candidate, I'm just going to start this off with a bang, and I'll try to make my case as quickly as I can, but Jamar Chase is actually, in my opinion, a trade-away candidate. Now, that is definitely a hot take, but I feel like I have a solid reason as to why I would be looking to trade away Jamar Chase in a redraft. The Bengals offense hasn't been what everybody thought it was going to be. And Jamar Chase has kind of been a product of that. Well, outside of one blow up game that he had against Arizona two weeks ago. So I think that given the blow up game, he's currently wide receiver eight or nine, depending on what platform you're looking at. Sleeper has him at eight. His ranking feels much higher and much more secure than what it actually is because of that 52-point explosion. Now, a 14-point game, that's fine. He's had two of them. A 26-point game, you're very happy. But he's also had a 9-point game and an 8-point game. And it just – I don't know. I think that this might be – I mean, he's got a tough schedule. They played the 49ers this week. They played Buffalo the week after that. And – you know, then they get Houston, but they have the Ravens and then the Steelers. Like, it, it's just not a great lineup of what you want to see for Jamar Chase and the Bengals. So, if you can get a Cooper Cup, if you can get, I guess Tyreek's out of the question, but if you can pull in a top five player at either position, just given the upside of Jamar Chase, and maybe you have to throw in a player with him, I think that Jamar Chase will – fail to be the anchor that you need for it right yeah right yeah. so his his consistency is the problem but um yeah i i think he's a i think he's a trade-away candidate for sure no i totally agree with that um one thing i was also looking at is he feels so boomer bust compared to like previous years so i totally agree i would prefer to keep the to go for a more consistent guy. And um, my player, and I, this one I struggle with because DJ Moore was originally put on here. And basically what I was looking for with him is he had that one big game, right? The 50 point game, but he's been pretty solid the past, you know, few weeks, you know, like 10, 14 points, but I think his name value is a little bit higher than what initially we were expecting. So what, what do you, what do you think, John? Do you agree with that? Cause I, I'm kind of in the same boat as like, I'd rather have somebody a little bit more consistent, but I know he's also barely high ranked this season at, um, you know, wide receiver six. But like you said, it's kind of like the Jamar chase effect. He's been good but it's been mostly because of that one big week with the 49 yeah. points. <clears throat> I'm, I'm definitely on the side of trade away and I'm, I feel pretty comfortable doing that. I don't, it's, it's a question of what is he from this point on for the rest of the season? And to me, DJ Moore just isn't, he's not, he's, I don't think he's a top 10 guy personally. I mean, mm-hmm. does he crack your top 10 rankings? You think No. top but, 15? 
Yeah, probably top 15. Rest rest of the season from this point, you think he's top 15? Well, it, it's kind of tough because it depends on fields. But yeah, that's yeah, that's a hundred percent accurate. Um, it, I think he's. I think it's too risky. I, I feel like you just don't feel as secure as you need to in that position. So sure, and his name's big. I think he gets somebody pretty good for him. Like if you traded him for us, like do you think who says? Uh, no, I feel like Saquon's too big. No, I don't he think can't he, do that. Um, could you do so like a? Go, I don't mean you don't. Eckler, but would you trade DJ Moore for Austin Eckler? I feel like you kind of have to, right? You kind of have to, I think. Yeah. Because the chances of another blow-up game like that, like DJ Moore's not going to win you weeks. Austin Eckler could win you weeks. And with the way the running back position is this year, you, I feel like you <laughs> have to take that shot. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Which it's, we say here at this point in the season, but man, it sucks. I, no, I feel like people say it but i feel like this year it's worse because of like so many injuries and stuff and i've looked at in most of my leagues there's very few teams where i feel like they're confident in both running backs right because in our league of record i have mccaffrey and then my running back two is Ramondre stevenson right like he's fine but could i upgrade that yes but i don't know how because nobody else (laughs) is trading away anybody above him yeah yeah I, i i don't disagree it's it's just tough to have two of those guys for sure. Yeah. Um so. next guy on the list is let's talk about Josh Jacobs just for a minute. Um Jacobs isn't super concerning to me. I'm still trading him away just because I don't like the Raiders offense, but it, it seems like he's been pretty average, maybe just a little bit less production than what you drafted him to be. Um, but not like a huge letdown. He's still running back 11 yeah. on the year. It's just he's coming off of a bad game, and they play the Lions on Monday night, which I really don't like the matchup. He's not scoring touchdowns. There's just a lot of things going against Jacobs outside of volume. Like the volume has been the most consistent thing, but he didn't even have that last week against Chicago because – they were just getting blown out. So he, he feels, he's just a question mark. He could be really good or he could be really bad. He feels almost touchdown dependent for somebody of his status. That just seems wild to even say. Yeah. Cause like if you the, take, yeah, I think we're on the same page. You take away the games that he's had touchdowns in and he hasn't scored more than 11.3 points. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to put any running back on their tw- <laughs> trade away. Though I can't talk. Their trade away list just because of how weak the position is overall. But if you can capitalize on that name value, I feel like you have to. Yeah, I he's just not worth a lot. Like if somebody offered him for DJ Moore, would you take it? No. That's what I mean. Is I I don't <laughs> I don't think it I don't think it really is that high on the name value chart even. So you could argue that maybe because of that, Jacobs is a hold, but just not a guy that you're really excited to start. But not many running backs are. So uh, the next player that I think is a tradeaway candidate is Derek Henry, who Ooh. I don't know. He's kind of in the same boat as Jacobs. Like the name value is definitely there more for Henry, but yeah. he's kind of been lackluster. 
he, I feel like you're selling him a little bit low because he has had his bye week, but also I don't love the outlook for Henry for the rest of the season either. He's not a big Malik Willis guy. He's in a similar situation because in a game where he doesn't have a touchdown, which he's scored three, which is a little bit better, but in a game that he doesn't have a touchdown, the most points he scored is 13 point nine and then he has two point game and a nine point game so again he's just not really that running back one that you were hoping he could be for another season so you might and he, i don't know we can talk about this too real life is there a chance that derrick henry's traded yes so that's another thing that you have to consider of okay what teams are in the market to trade for a running back the baltimore ravens and they already have one. They yeah, do. besides the besides the one that plays quarterback. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know. It just it that doesn't like I'm not I don't get excited about Derrick Henry as a Raven at all. I don't really know what team I'd be excited about. It yeah. seems like the Titans are one of the better scenarios for him, but it hasn't been what everybody needs it to be. Watch him get traded to the Falcons and have him and Bijan there. Yeah. And Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. No, they'd send Algier back. But that's it. I'd or like Algier that on the Titans. What if what if the Dolphins traded for him? <laughs> <laughs> they won't. Nah. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, what what kind of play are you looking for in return? Like Leighton, uh, if I if I was trading you Derrick Henry and just asked you to make an offer for him, what kind of player would you be looking to send? Oh, gosh. Like, would I you trade like... Jalen Waddle for Derrick Henry? No. Really? Nate, would you? Probably. Maybe not, like, right now with the news on Tyreek. Because I actually do think that, like, I mean, Jalen Waddle was, like, a top 10 wide receiver last year. And, like, do I think He's... he can get back to there at that point this year? Probably not, but like he could be really good the rest of the season. Waddle could. I honestly just not that excited about Derrick Henry anymore. I think he's yeah. hit that cliff. Yeah, and I, I feel I, like okay. To be fair, I'll, I'm going to interject here. I don't think it's his fault. I think I the agree. player is still good. Maybe not like Derrick Henry from a year or two ago, but like he's like ninety percent that player still. But their offensive line's worse. Their whole offense is worse. And I just – I feel like everybody – I know we've said it for years, like, oh, if you stop Derrick Henry, you stop the Titans' offense. Yeah, but they also had A.J. Brown on the outside. And Ryan Tannehill was a lot better. Their offensive line was really good. And now A.J. Brown's gone. Ryan Tannehill's hurt. And even when he was playing, it wasn't great. And when your offensive line is – beat up and not as good it's just not going to work out for somebody so that was kind of a little rant I guess but that's why it's like if he went to the Ravens like their offense line's pretty good and if they just gave him all the touches because he's on a one year deal to try to go for the Super Bowl that's kind of appealing I think but I, I just don't know if there's a situation that's a run first team that he would thrive in, you know, that would mm-hmm. actually trade for him. What if the Texans made a move 
not saying that it makes sense, but just in theory. But I don't think their O-line's that good. Yeah. They have a better offense, though. Like, honestly, if he went to the Eagles. Oh, gosh. Like, you'd get excited. But then, you know, they're probably not going to do that. But That would be crazy. Derrick Henry on the Eagles would be a nightmare. I know. Him and DeAndre Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it would just take two, like, some – well, DeAndre Swift is very fantasy relevant. But it would take two mid-range running backs and just make them a coin flip for who's going to bust that week. I could see the Cowboys trading for him. Wow. That would be a huge move. Um, I could see it. I'm sorry. I feel like I talk about this guy every episode because I do love him through and through. Christian Kirk is an interesting name in a trade <laughs> for Derek Henry. And I'm just saying it because he's wide receiver 13. Like, I could yeah. see somebody kind of making that as like a poor man's offer and the other side actually taking it because they're nervous of what Henry's going to be the rest of the season. Nate, would you take that? Um, if you had Kirk, somebody offered you Derek Henry for Christian Kirk. It would just depend. Uh, probably on paper, I think Christian Kirk's probably a better player than Derek Henry right now. But I just think running backs are so hard to come by that I – if I'm if I'm hurting for running backs, I'm probably going to keep Henry and just yeah. pray that he has some production. Right. What if he went to the Browns? Wow, that would be very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I would be super excited if he went to the Browns. Because see, the appeal for trading for him, and then we'll get off of the Derrick Henry train because yeah. Nate has some cool stuff to talk about. The appeal with that is if he goes to like a Philadelphia, Cleveland, you know, one of these teams that are more run-first with good lines, it's like, that's hard to – because that's what happened with McCaffrey last year. Yeah. Oof. I mean, obviously Derrick Henry so far has not been McCaffrey the first however many weeks on the Panthers, but no, he went to a contender and – Played a lot better and probably won some people some fantasy championships. So Browns might be in a position to do that too. They have the cap space. Wow, that's interesting. But even some of the Eagles, but they're not going to do it. But you know what I mean, <laughs> right? I'm curious who has their camera now. Anyway, anywho, <laughs> Nate, let's pass it to you. Okay, we're done with the trading four and away candidates. Nate, you had some good research that you did, my friend. So I think we had t- teased this like a couple weeks ago on one of our episodes. It may have just been one of those where it was you and I, Leighton, but we were talking oh. about and kind of prepping for the NFL trade deadline coming up. And remind me when that is, Leighton. How far out uh, are we Halloween. from Halloween. Halloween. Okay. Yeah. So like six days. Yeah, six days. Um, so this was probably something that we should have shared last week, but it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal because there have not been many of these moves yet. But what we were going to look at was as this trade deadline approaches, if there have been talks of some teams that have been looking to maybe move off of some of their star wide receivers, um, try and trade them mid season and get some return for them if they're trying to rebuild for the future. But um, 
what we did was looked back over the last probably four to five years to see um, or take note of any wide receivers that had gotten traded midseason and then look to see what their production was on their new team after they um, got traded. Um, so it was kind of interesting. There were very few cases of what I would say even like B and A tier uh, wide receivers getting traded midseason. And John had a good point. I don't know if you remember what you said, John, but what was your kind of thinking behind why maybe some of these superstars don't get traded midseason? So my theory was that due to the cap, or well, okay, due to the salary or the cap hit that wide receivers demand that are, I don't know, in the top 10 conversation, like mm-hmm. DK got paid, AJ Brown got paid, and like DK's, I wouldn't even consider him in the conversation for top 10 anymore, but AJ Brown's one of those guys that got paid. Um, If you remember Christian Kirk got a bunch of money to leave Arizona to come to Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Which at the time, I think we all kind of agreed that it was craziness, but it's kind of worked out for the Jaguars so far. But anyway, my point is that when wide receivers are in their prime they're making such a large amount of money that they're difficult to trade and by the time that they are on a more manageable contract they're kind of over the hill like Mm -hmm. and i don't want to say deandre hopkins is just totally washed at this point because i think on a good offense he would be fine but i don't i don't think anybody sees hopkins as a top 15 wide receiver anymore even if he was on like maybe the Chiefs, but I don't, I don't really think he would be. So it's I think you just rarely see it happen because of the difficulty of trading their salaries. And by the time that they're not on that contract anymore, they're just not the same player. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. I, I mean, I think that's a really good, I mean, kind of reasoning for why this doesn't occur more often. I hadn't really thought about that, but it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but anyway, so what we saw from the research was that there were not a lot of those kind of top 30 guys really that move around that much mid season. Um, there were a lot more B like I would call them C tier wide receivers that will move. However, the research showed that when they do go on to a new team, um, they do not have, they're not very successful for that season alone. In a lot of cases, it's honestly for the next year after that. But for that season where they've changed teams, they really don't produce that much. Um, Really, the only successful player that did that was OBJ in 2021 when he got traded from Cleveland to to the Rams um, and kind of spurred that Rams Super Bowl run. Um, For OBJ, I think he got traded like week 10 – didn't really start playing until like week 12, but he was wide receiver 22 from weeks 12 through 17. And then he, I, I mean, he did really well in the playoffs after that. Um, he was huge for the Rams there, but the, yeah. So I, I think what spurred this kind of idea to do some digging was uh, this idea that if you have a player that is in the middle of, trade talks, I guess, or his team potentially wanting to move off of them. I mean, 
I think a natural reaction would be to maybe get excited in some cases that he might be going to a better situation. But I think that for a lot of these wide receivers going into new systems, it takes a long time to get acclimated to the new offense, to get the timing and the chemistry down with the quarterback. So in most cases, you just, you don't see wide receivers go onto a new team and just hit the ground after that. It's kind of more of a, a work in process, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was kind of all we found. <laughs> Not super exciting results necessarily, but I mean, I just <laughs> think like if, I, I mean, you can take something from it. Like if you do have a guy that is about to get traded, it may not be a bad idea to move off him if you can get some good value for him. Um, unfortunately, so like, in most cases, it's not going to be a super, you know, popular guy that people are after. So you're saying, like, for example, if DeAndre Hopkins gets traded to the Bills or something like that, like a high-powered offense, you think it's a good idea to trade them off of that kind of excitement, Correct. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, that, and that's kind of. I mean, it still is different for me because, it, for like D Hop, for example, it's like, in my opinion, it's like how much worse can it get? Like he's huh. already not being used at all in Tennessee, like he should be. So like Buffalo, that's just a higher passing volume offense. Like I feel like that has to be better. But I mean, D Hop is not going for much these days. <laughs> like he's. Even on like Michael Thomas level right now, but um, yeah. but yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean that that is kind of what I'm arguing is if you do have a player like that that is going to get traded to a new team, you should try and move off of them and get what you can for them. But D Hop is probably like a different kind of. It, it still feels case by case to me. D Hop is in in a limbo stage Mm -hmm. i feel like he's i think he's still good enough that he could be top 25 but don't expect like an explosion if the hype is like super high on the player you just need to sell because history has shown us that they don't succeed yeah and it's like like nate said there's not a ton of times where it happens but i feel like that's kind of when you have to do it so yeah Good research. I love it. Um, I think it's time for the lock of the week, don't you think, don't you think boys? Love it. We didn't even do it last last episode. We skipped right over this. You know, How could we forget? We kind of did. Well, I will say my lock of the year was <laughs> Eagles minus two over Dolphins. That was a great pick. So I should have probably put $100 on it. But anyway, <laughs> Nate, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, so my lock of the week is I'm taking the New York Giants in the battle at MetLife uh, between the Giants and the Jets. Um, the Giants are home, I think, technically. <laughs> Not that it matters at all, but... Uh, <laughs> Other than the schedule, that's yeah, the only part that schedule. That's kind of... They're, they're still in their own locker rooms, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to take the Giants plus three. I feel like the Giants probably had one of the hardest schedules to start the season through the first 
five weeks. Um, they kind of played a gauntlet, played the Cowboys, played the Bills, who they really hung with. They played um, the Seahawks. They played the 49ers. Like, I mean, they just yeah. played a lot of really good teams with really good defenses. I By no means do I think the Giants are a good team. They're probably in my bottom six in the NFL right now. But I do think that they've shown some grit over the last couple of weeks. I mean, they played hard against the Bills, and then they kind of just bled the commanders down uh, to win that game ugly 14-7 last week. Um, I don't know what the news is on if Daniel Jones is playing or not, but if he does, I mean, I, matter. I guess I give that like a slight upgrade over Tyrod, but I like what I've seen from Tyrod Taylor so far. Doesn't make a ton of mistakes. I also, I mean, this pick mostly is I'm fading the Jets too. I think the Jets are way overhyped. Uh, they're horrible on offense. Horrible. Their defense is fine, like, but it gets way more attention than I think the stats really show. Like, they're like 20th in DVOA. They give up quite a few points per game, a lot of yards. They just win games by turning the other team over which they very well could with the Giants, but you kind of think that turnovers are more of like a luck statistic that don't transfer game to game. So that's my pick. But, uh, John, you got one for us? You know, I really – I don't like many of the games this week. And it's just – gosh, it's really <laughs> – uh, if there's one that kind of jumps out to me, it's pretty gross. But I, like I said, I kind of think all of the games are gross this week. I'm not even going to call it a lock of the week. I'm just going to call it a pick of the week because it's really a coin flip. I, gosh, this feels bad. I'm going to take the Rams plus six and a half against the oh, Cowboys. John. And I get it, but the Cowboys just feel cold right now. And six and a half points feels like a lot to beat what I think is an okay Rams team. Um, I understand that it's at home, but the Cowboys are the Cowboys are getting the three point edge uh, because of that. So I I kind of like the six and a half points with the Cowboys, or sorry, with the Rams. Uh, all right. Um, you really think it's that? Bad? Yeah. Why? Uh, I'm curious as to because the Cowboys are coming off a. Of- it's at home and the last time they played they looked awful (laughs) okay hey that's my spark notes version i guess all right well that's fair i get it like like i said i'm not super high on the pick i don't really like any of the picks this week but that's fair i think i think the rams could surprise some people and i don't know like not not a huge fan of it but i don't the the next one would have been the eagles minus six and a half for me yes but yeah, I don't know. What do you What do you got for us? Um, honestly, the Rams are better than people think. So mine is I'm very high on it as of now. It's minus three. The line anyway is minus three, and this is for the Falcons over the Titans. I don't know if I've ever been. This is probably the top most confident I've been in a game before, and I hate that, but. Ryan Tannehill's not going to play. We already know how the Falcons' offense is doing. It's going to be a low-scoring game, I think. So the fact that it's 
three points, I guess, makes me a little worried. But I'm fairly confident we're, they're going to pull it out because Wes is probably going to start. Is anybody excited about that? Bueller? Bueller? No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's either Will Levis or Malik Willis. That's just a game that's screaming for like two turnovers. But that's kind of the main reason why. I know the Falcons are on the road, but I honestly don't even know if it matters because I think they're already looking towards the future in Tennessee. Just they got rid of Kevin Byard, their best yeah. secondary player. Some may argue they're one of their best players outside of Jeffrey Simmons and Derrick Henry. So it's it's looking grim there. I'm, I'm yeah. I- I understand why you make the pick and I guess I don't really know what I think about the Falcons. So that, yeah, that's, I guess the bigger reason, like, I think I, you kind of said it at the end. I think the Rams are a better people than a better team than people give them credit for, but it's, it's hard to tell six and a half points is just a lot. So no, it's three. Uh, Sorry, I was talking. Yeah, I was talking about the yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah, like, hold on, hold on. I wouldn't take it. it half, half. I definitely would have been hampering the Falcons, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm not loving not loving my pick, but there's always next week. There's always next week, right? Yep. Hey, we got to be sure to write it down. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Nate did have to dip out because he has to go pick up somebody from the airport. So. Yep. All right. Well, perfect. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Sorry, this one was a little bit more chaotic. We had some technical issues, and obviously, (laughs) we had to leave. (laughs) Technical issues might be putting it lightly, but follow us on X. And good luck on the on your games this weekend. Keep up the good work, everybody. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 